The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Fantasy Beast and where to find them, Kyle Rennie, joined as always by my co-host Gary Halt. Gary, how the hell are you on this Friday? I am great. It's Friday and it's the weekend. Woohoo! Time to drink. <laughs> uh, whether you're <laughs> at work or not, open up a beer. Crack, crack, go for it, guys. I mean, you can open up a beer at work too. You just I said whether you're at work or not. Uh, who am I to judge? Just don't come bargain at us if you get fired. Um... Guys, it is here, we are in draft season, and we wanted to talk about a couple players on our mid-to-late-round gems board. Um, We're going to go position-wise here, though. Gary, I know we'll let you start here first. You have a quarterback you wanted to to put that you are interested in going to the pros, and who do you got? Yeah, um, there's a ton of quarterbacks on this list, um, but no real names that, that kind of jump out at you except for uh, one guy who had a team go pretty much almost to the big show this year and not a lot of teams expected him to Um, but I had Ian Book out of Notre Dame Um, I was just kind of wondering why that he wasn't a little higher on draft boards because the Notre Dame team had a very good season this year Um, ended up being beaten by Clemson um for the second time, or the second time they played, but Ian Book had a, a, a very good senior, I believe it was a senior, senior season. Um, he controlled that offense very well, um, and I was reading a little a little bit about him as to why he's not shooting up draft boards, and it's just because of his size. They believe he doesn't have the downfield arm talent that a lot of quarterbacks usually have, um, but watching his tape, he is very mobile, gets the ball out, and is smart with it, but some of his problems is driving that ball. He's got a good deep ball, but it's more of like a, a moon throw, kind of like how Russell Wilson does that, where it's more of a um, an arc-type throw rather than where it's like a laser-type throw than um, some of the strong-arm quarterbacks. But I think that um, he could – I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but he's definitely a guy who could get drafted be a solid backup. Um, he could surprise teams maybe and end up being a starter. But I think he's a def- definitely a possibility to be a late-round jump. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, five to seven. I mean, we definitely we saw his numbers regress last year. Um, someone that in 2019 threw a 60.2% completion percentage for 3,034 yards and 34 touchdowns really went down to a higher completion percentage, but 2,830 yards and 15 touchdowns this past year. Uh, a bit odd to see the, the touchdowns cut in half there. I think it has to do, I, I mean, they did have Chase Claypool go out of um, Notre Dame in the second round of Pittsburgh, so that could be one of the reasons. But I think um, a lot of it, too, is they had a stronger run game as well. Um, Notre Dame ran all over some teams this year. Uh, they ended up being in the Final Four. Not a lot of teams 
not a lot of people believe that Notre Dame was going to have it this year, but um, the driving force of that offense was Ian Book. Absolutely. Uh, I have two late-round gems as well, probably around 6-7, if they're going to look to be drafted. I'm going to start it off with Southern Methodist University's Shane Buchel. Um This past year threw for 3,095 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 6 picks. The year before, uh, 3,929 yards, 34 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Uh, Buchel showed a nice drive and ability to throw the, the touch pass. But again, kind of getting the same rep that Ian Book had. He he's undersized for the position at six mm-hmm. one two oh four or two oh seven. Um, it's a guy who it's funny we were watching his tape, and you had a uh, you had mentioned he reminded you of someone almost like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he was. His tape looks very similar. Um, athletic, um, kind of has the they do they have a downfield offense. Um, it's very vertical, I would say. They like to do a lot of deep passes. Um, and an offense that probably doesn't fit him to the best of his ability, but his tape looked good, um, a very solid passer, and he had a lot of tight window throws. Absolutely. Um, and my other guy really had, he had a really good last two years. He's still slightly undersized in terms of quarterback at 6'3", 210. But Brady White out of Memphis. Um, 31 touchdowns this past year, 33 the year before. He makes some errors with 11 and 10 touchdowns or interceptions each year, but he eclipsed 4,000 yards as a uh, as a junior. Um, I think Brady White has the arm talent. I think it's a question of his decision making and not necessarily playing the toughest talent in Memphis. But that's a guy who I would be really excited about looking to see where he falls, either as an undrafted or as a, a late round pick with the ability of maybe becoming something almost like a Gardner Minshew did. Uh, running backs. This is going to be a little tough because, Gary, you and I did a lot of homework on running backs and receivers. We did, like, 30 running backs, I think. But I think we missed a couple names here. Uh, we actually started, we watched C.J. Maribel out of Coastal. Um, a guy who necessarily didn't run for a lot of yards, and Coastal didn't play a whole bunch of games. But he had 12 touchdowns and 11 touchdowns the last two seasons had a real nose for the end zone and was used often in the passing game as well. Yeah, he's a do-it-all back. Um, not huge. He's about average in size. I believe he's 5'11". 5'10", 200 pounds is what I've got. Um, but very athletic, and if you have a running back that's getting you double-digit touchdowns back-to-back years, that's a very solid stat line. Uh, Maribel's main issue, I guess, his, his pro day didn't look great. He did run a 4.59 in the 40, which is not super fast for a running back. No, not at all. He looks like he plays a lot quicker on tape. Um, actually. Oh, okay, 4.34 in the short shuttle. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like what Mar- Maribel brought on the tape. I think it's somebody who could almost break out like James Robinson did, a small school prospect who had a nose for the end zone. Yeah. Uh, another guy on our list, I had Spencer Brown. We didn't get a chance to catch his tape, but a six foot two twenty running back at a UAB. Um, the numbers were there, not necessarily the last two years. Um, 2020 and 2019, he ran for 889 and 566 yards. 15 touchdowns combined those two years. However, 2018... Ran for 1,227 yards and 16 touchdowns. As a freshman in 17, ran for 1,329 and 10 touchdowns. Um, 
the numbers are there, and UAB is not exactly a school that's going to build around their talent like that. No. Um, but Spencer Brown's a name that I would have as, a, as an undrafted as well that I'd be intrigued by. Uh, a guy you and I both watched, almost reminiscent of a Christian McCaffrey light here. Yes. Running back Jake Funk out of Maryland. Dealt with a lot of injuries. Yeah, injuries kind of plagued him a little bit. Um, if you watch him on tape, he runs really hard. And really fast. Really fast. And a lot of his games have high stat lines. So come and do like a 130, a 150. Yeah, so I actually wrote that down here. Uh, he had a game against Rutgers this past year. He only played five games. Mm-hmm. His Rutgers game, he had 17 carries for 180 yards and a touchdown. Playing against Minnesota earlier in the season, 21 for 221 yards and a touchdown. So, like, when the ball was in his hand, he made his magic happen. Um, I want to see what if I've got a 40 time for him. Funk's Pro Day, he ran a 4 40 time. So that's pretty quick. Including a 38-inch vertical leap and a 10-2 broad jump. So he he was a workout warrior. Uh, his stats when healthy were, were very solid. Uh, and then the last guy, this is a guy I stumbled upon earlier today, Jermaine Martin out of North Carolina A&T. He's 5'10", 214, but in seven games in 2019, he ran for 151 carries, 1,246 yards, and 20 total touchdowns. He averaged almost three touchdowns a game. Yeah, that's <clears throat> and another small school guy. Um, so teams might overlook him, but with the stat line that, that pops out of you, he might be a guy. He looked very fast on tape, so if he can learn how so I'm to... going to see if we got a 40 time for him as well. If he can learn how to return punts, he's going to be a very deadly player, a very good special teams player, I think. Yeah, I really like what he was able to do. Uh, he's actually out of uh, where you and I grew up with stomping grounds. He is from Conway, South Carolina. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, he does not officially have a recorded 40 time. It looks like his lowest so far as a as an unofficial was a 4.4440. Um, but a guy that I'm intrigued by nonetheless, so especially... If somebody maybe takes a seventh round flyer on him yeah. for what he might be able to manage as a pro. Wide receivers. Um, I think Gary, you and I might just want to list three of these names here. You had another, I think you had an extra one possibly on top of that, but we revisited Jalen Darden, Tamorian Terry, and Cade Johnson. They're guys who might go in the fourth to sixth round. They're guys that we really like to tape and think they can produce. Yeah. Um who else did you have though on this list? Oh, yes, you heard. Who did you who did you just mention off? Tomorrow Terry, Cade Johnson, and Jalen Darden. I only circled Tomorrow Terry. Did you I know you were interested in the the bigger receivers that Notre Dame had brought? Oh yes. Um I think it's Ben Skaraskoronic. Lay in the way in the back. Yeah, he doesn't have a picture. I uh, Ben Skoros I don't know how to say it. Skoronic. Skoronic. Notre Dame. Um Another big receiver, 6'3". Um, only reason I say that is because he played with Ian Book. Um, I don't think he's going to get drafted. He could be another guy that's um, undrafted. Maybe a seventh-round pick. We'll see. But uh, I am just cu- I was curious um, to see what his um, pro day would have been. Yeah, um, 
I will say there's a couple different options here. I really the the other guy that that really kind of stuck out to me would have been uh, six foot two wide receiver at Texas Southern, a senior this year, Donnie Corley. Um, Corley in 2019 had 72 catches, 1,039 yards, and three touchdowns. Not exactly eye popping, but for the fact that it doesn't sound like there's much talent around him or throwing to him. Um, enough, nonetheless, to make me think that somebody might take a flyer on him late as well. There's a ton of, um, like, a, another one of the reasons that, like, free agency hasn't been great for receivers is because there's so much talent in the draft. Correct. Um, another one of those situations we, tight end got scooped up quick in free agency. Yeah. I think that's because outside of maybe the top three, maybe four, mm-hmm. tight ends are kind of goofy this year. Um, I had three written down. You and I have talked about one of them in the past, and Tony Poljan from Virginia. Yeah. Uh, he mustered a 38 reception, 411 yard, and six touchdown stat line. Um, I added Kylan Granson to this list. Uh, SMU tight end, 6'3", 235. Uh, this past year was like an all right number or year for him at 39 catches. 35 catches, 536 yards, and 5 touchdowns. Two years ago, he actually went for 43, 721 yards, and 9 touchdowns. So he proved he can be productive, to say the least. Uh, And then I put Matt Bushman as well on here, tight end of BYU. Uh, I feel like he would have been much higher up this list had he played this past year. He opted out. And playing with someone like Zach Wilson, I can only have seen his numbers getting better he had two years ago 47 catches, 688 yards, and four touchdowns. If that gets better, let's say he's at six touchdowns and he's around 700 yards. Yeah. you got to think he's tight end number seven on this list, maybe. Yeah. I be. think it was doable. I just think he decided to opt out. Did you have any other tight ends on this list you liked? Or? Yeah. Um, I didn't get to see any of his tape, but his, his size kind of popped out of me. Um, Iowa State tight end Dylan Schoner, six foot seven. Um, Redshirt senior, so um, coming He's out this absolutely year. absolutely a blocking tight end. Yeah, that's the reason I picked him. Um, blocking tight ends are not very um, – there's not too many of them, and a guy who's that big is a very good piece to add to an offense. In his entire three-year college career, he had 26 total receptions. Yeah, so, so he's definitely the a blocking we'll, his game. Um that's the type of thing that I was trying to get at with one of our other episodes. There was another guys who were six, 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 seven, who were awful blockers. That's what I like to see with the guys who are six, seven, um, learn how to block, use your size. So, and that's it's almost like, as well, you don't necessarily have to learn how to block and stay tight end. Um, current left tackle in the league, Jason Peters came into the NFL as a, as a tight end yeah. and was one of the most prolific left tackles in the league for a long time. It's almost like having a more athletic, or a, a little bit smaller of a tackle. If, if Soner puts on a little bit more weight at 6'7", maybe gets himself to 305 with bulk muscle, yeah. he could be a tackle in this league. Could be a tackle, but uh, his numbers aren't eye-opening, but his size is very, is what popped to me. Um, we will be honest here. We are not going to pretend that we are some phenomenal um, scouts. We don't know that well about offensive line talent to be able to scout it off of just looking at some quick tape here. So we're going to really kind of bypass that for this episode. Um, Gary, did you have anybody on the interior defensive line that you liked? 
Interior D line. Let me see if I circle anybody. I know you had Marvin Wilson. Yeah, was he was he interior? You're looking at interior offensive line. Um, yeah, Marvin Wilson, uh, Florida State. That's a guy who we were watching. I think the Florida Gators against them. Yeah, he was all over the field, high motor, making a lot of plays and kind of like laying the wood on some some top players and from Florida. Um, we both looked at each other a few times. And we're like, holy. Who is this guy? Yeah, like, this guy was flying all over the place, making plays. Um, and we wrote him down early on in our draft evaluation process. Um, I was able to kind of clean up on this. Obviously, I had Marvin Wilson. I would love to see Buffalo maybe take a risk on him and grab him. Um, it looks like he's probably a third, fourth round selection. Yeah. But I also had a couple guys in the third to sixth round range here. Uh, starting off, I went Darius Stills out of West Virginia. The big issue I think he's going to face in the pros is he's very undersized at 6'1", 285 for being an interior, like, D-tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a penetrator. He used that lack of size to get in. Um, 2020, in a, de- in a decreased season, he had three and a half sacks. 2019, he had 46 total tackles and seven sacks as a D-tackle. Um, some solid numbers there. A guy who this past year didn't play, but... The mold made me think of one player, Gary. And you just pulled him up right here. Uh, Out of Pittsburgh, I had Jalen Twyman. Pittsburgh happens to be where Aaron Donald went to school. How big is Aaron Donald, Gary, does it say? Six foot one, uh, 284 pounds. So that's exactly what I'm sitting here looking at. I got Jalen Twyman playing at his alma mater, uh, 6'2", 290. In 2019, he had 41 tackles, 10 and a half sacks. That's a guy who I've got running up my draft board. I don't necessarily know why he missed the 2020 season. And it's not like the ACC is like a slack conference. There's some solid teams in the ACC. Um, but I've personally got, oh, his middle name, oh, Jalen Guy. His middle name's Guy. Cool. Um, but I personally, I really like what, what Twyman has to offer as being a, a nice piece to breaking through and pass rushing. Um, I also added, great name, interior defensive lineman out of Colorado, Mustafa Johnson. Not a big um, run stopper. He's not going to ever rack up tackles. But three straight seasons from 20, starting in 2018, seven and a half sacks, four and a half sacks, two sacks. So he really peaked as a sophomore, but... He's got the build at 6'2", 290, the same as, as Twyman. And I'm intrigued to see what he might be able to bring as a pro playing with Colorado. Um, I also did have Jared Hewitt out of Virginia Tech. Uh, nine and a half sacks over the last two seasons combined. 6'1", 280 again. And then I kind of stumbled upon this guy out of Western Michigan. Not exactly a powerhouse school here. Um, Ali Fayad. Out of Western Michigan, 6'2", 255, four sacks, six and a half, seven and a half, and two. So he never had below two sacks in his college career. Uh, peaking out really around six and a half, seven and a half. If I can get that guy as a late round flyer, even if I'm getting four sacks a year out of, out of a seventh round pick, mm-hmm. I think it's a success. So that's another guy I'm intrigued by out of Western Michigan there. Uh, edge rushers, Gary. You got anybody specific you want to talk about here? Yeah, are these rankings, are these out of 
every player, or is this just positional rankings? This is positional rankings. Like these are right here? Yes. Okay. Well, yes and no. So it's your rankings out of... So, yeah, it's like 11, 15. It's where they would fall on the overall rankings That's list. That's But, yes, it's okay. numerically. Um, so a guy that kind of popped out to me... Um, was a hometown guy for us. Uh, shows up on a list here at 164. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo University at Buffalo. Um, it's kind of nice to see some of these Buffalo guys get put on these lists because they're um, getting the spotlight now with uh, having a good season this year and putting some seasons back-to-back that are solid. Um, let me see here. What's the stat line? He had 14 total sacks in the last two seasons. Let's see here. 2020, um, he had 30 total tackles, uh, 16 uh, solo, 14 assists, and five sacks. Last year, he had nine sacks. Um, It's a little bit of a drop-off, but still showing up here um, on the list for uh, edge rushers kind of a little bit later in the probably the third day. So it's a possibility he gets drafted, but I think um, it, the only reason I picked him is because it's just a hometown guy. I like to see people get uh, some some spotlight. Absolutely. Uh, I actually had five more edges out of this draft who I'm intrigued by. Earlier on in the list, probably mid-third, fourth-rounder, uh, out of Coastal Carolina, Teron Jackson, 6'2", 260. Um, the last two seasons, eight and a half sacks in 2020 and ten sacks in 2019. So it's a guy who proved he could consistently produce at the collegiate level. Um, granted, Coastal not exactly playing the toughest competition. But Jackson's a guy who I think is intriguing to a few teams. And I think they'll give him the chance to show he can produce at the next level. Uh, staying in the Carolinas, I'm going to go Chris Rumpf the second. I thought you were terrified by his name. No, I hate that. Uh, Chris Rumpf the second, 6'4", 235. He's a little bit stringier. I could see, him them, or see NFL teams converting him as a tweener to a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was able to muster eight sacks, six and a half, and three sacks over his three years at Duke. Uh, I have Rashad Weaver, 6'5", 270, more of a prototypical build out of Pittsburgh. Um, seven and a half and six and a half sacks, giving a combined 14 sacks in two years there. Jaquan Bailey out of Iowa State. This is a guy I'm really intrigued by. Um, 6'2", 261, Got injured in 2019 and had zero sacks. His three seasons prior to that, Gary, well, his senior year and the two prior, seven, eight, and seven. So averaging seven sacks a year out of college, it's, that's not an easy thing to do. No. Um, and then Wyatt Hubert, more of a uh, stocky build edge. I could see him kicking inside more as a pro, but 6'3", 270 out of Kansas State. Eight and a half sacks in 2020, seven in 2019, and four and a half in 2018. Uh, so some more just kind of names to grab and think on there. Linebackers were a little tougher. I know you and I actually had uh, two of the same here. Yeah. Who was your first guy at linebacker, Gary? So I chose, <clears throat> with how tough their defense was this year, um, Northwestern linebacker Patty Fisher. Um, Northwestern had a tough defense, uh, almost beating Ohio State. Uh, when it came down to it, it was a very close game. Um, but I, I wanted to choose one of those guys off that defense because of how how well they played this season. Um, Patty Fisher kind of jumps off the paper really well here. He's a paper stat warrior. I don't know why he's so far down this list. 
Um, Could he, be size. Well, not, he's six four. He's pretty. Okay. He's pretty large. Um, his numbers kind of tailed off, is what I'm seeing. Uh, the most recent season, having 74 tackles and one forced fumble. 2019, he had 88 tackles and a forced fumble. 20 or 20. Did I say 2018? 2018 would be this season. He had 116 tackles and four forced fumbles. 2020, you mean? No, no, no. Um, oh, his, okay. His, the 2018 season, his sophomore season, he had 116 and four. His freshman season, he had 111 and four. So he had eight forced fumbles his first two seasons as, as mm-hmm. a collegiate player and over 100 tackles each season. So he's a playmaker. Absolutely. Um, I got another guy I put on this list. More because it's another player that I think you're going to see get transferred positions in the league. I've got Charles Snowden out of Virginia. He's 6'7", 240. Oh my. That's a guy I could see them asking to bulk up a little and playing edge. Uh, he was yeah. a productive pass rusher. 6'5", and 2.5 and in college with a not exactly strong Virginia defense around him. I cannot see a 6'7 linebacker. No, but that's the thing. I could see them. I could see... Somebody saying him in the fourth, fifth round and asking him to convert to edge and him making a productive career out of it at 6'7". Mm-hmm. So I like Snowden's potential, just not necessarily a linebacker. Um, I also have Riley Cole out of... Uh, Riley Cole, baby. Yeah. <laughs> out of South Alabama. 6'3", 225. Um, the stats were across the board on this guy. He was a do-it-all player. For South Alabama. 2020, he had 96 total tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles. 2019, 59 uh, tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble. They were intriguing numbers, but playing at a, at a small school where I'm sure he was the top guy, I don't know if that means he'll equate, but I'd be interested in trying to give him a, a shot in the pros. Uh, Boston College linebacker. Gary Buffalo has already connection to Boston College linebackers. Matt Milano's been yep. prolific. Uh, how about a Boston College linebacker from Buffalo, New York? Six foot one, two hundred twenty-four pound Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, this past season had one hundred and seven tackles and three sacks for Boston College, and he's on that list. I like what he brings. Mississippi State's uh, Errol Thompson as well at six one two fifty, uh, averaged about eighty-five tackles a year for three straight years. That's a very, very good average. Um, I didn't really get too invested here in safeties, but I do have some corners I really like in this draft as well. What do you got here? Oh, yeah, I uh, I circled Israel Mukuamu. Yeah, Mukuamu out of South Carolina. Uh, Either played opposite of J.C. Horn or was a nickel nickel corner. I circled that um, because I wanted to see um, if because he played with such a talented player, if um, his uh, his abilities would be similar or uh, just a little bit he, underrated. First and foremost, um, he is massive. 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. That's huge for a corner. As a, most corners are considered big at 6'1". Yeah. Um, he didn't do he didn't tackle a whole bunch. I, I, did he get hurt this year? He could have. He only played... Five games. Um, but he had two picks this year. He had four picks the year before and nine passes defensed. So, I mean, his size, that really could be a steal. I kind of like... Could be a steal and it could be a transition to either 
safety or that big nickel. Big nickel. Yeah, nickel corner. Um, I went with a player. I'm being lazy on this one. I went with Sean Wade. Suddenly, Sean Wade is plummeting down draft boards, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, I mean, we did see him get Stephon Gilmore burnt toasted a couple times uh, against some talent in this past season. However, Sean Wade was a guy who, up until recently, was almost a lock to be a first two-round corner and be a top-five corner in this draft. And suddenly, we've got him here at, like, the 15th best corner. I don't think he lost talent. I think a lot of issues happened there at Ohio State to kind of drag him down. Uh, I'm looking for Sean Wade to bounce back. I've got Brian Mills, six foot two corner out of North Carolina Central. Not exactly a pretty school to be playing out of, but he had five interceptions, is what I'd guess is probably one of the few cornerbacks on that team there, Gary. Um, Michigan State has Shakur Brown. Had five picks, four passes defense this past year. Tate Gowan out of UCF, 6'2", 185. Had two interceptions, eight passes defensed. Uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., 5'10", he's a little undersized, but he was an LSU corner. Had four interceptions and nine passes defense with 48 tackles this past year. And Lake Vincent Jr. is a guy who might be able to step up. Uh, and then really the last guy I have here, he, he kind of fell out of contention. He, I believe, got injured this past year. But Duke cornerback Mark Gilbert was originally thought of to be a first-round candidate, is the cousin of what I would say should be future Hall of Famer, Daryl er, Revis. Uh, you want to talk about being able to learn from family ties, one of the best cornerbacks to play in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, and he suddenly plummeted down draft boards, although he had a nice pro day today. Um, so, I mean, I... I'm intrigued. There's a lot of talent in this draft. I'm going to see if I've got any more info on him real quick. Because I know I saw some tape on him before. Uh, Duke cornerback Mark Gilbert, cousin of Daryl Rivas, ran a 4.36 today at his pro day. Gilbert was considered a potential first-round pick two years ago when he was originally draft eligible before he suffered back-to-back injuries, but he is now officially healthy. That's the guy people are going to buy on hoping that he'll have a clean bill of health, and it was just some fluke stuff. Uh, Gary, do you got anybody safety-wise here? Let me double-check. I don't think I circled anybody. Hamza Nasseraldine. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Yeah, I, um, I circled him out of Florida State. Um, he's six foot three. He was um, part of a very good backfield there, too. Yeah, very part of a very good um, secondary um, I, I wanted to see if he gets drafted, if he gets placed somewhere else, because um, 6'3 is pretty big for a safety. Um, but, yeah, I circled him because he got good size and could be a possible uh, one of the, one of those nickel guys as well. Absolutely. Uh, I had a couple. I, I did have Paris Ford out of, uh, out of Pitt. Pitt. He was actually a couple times ranked as a top five. Uh, draft Network's actually slow, uh, slowed on him. They have him around 10. But I think for today, especially because when we start getting into our six guest episodes coming on, that everything's going to go towards talking some more mid-round gems. Mm-hmm. We're not going to beat this in too hard. We're going to let you guys enjoy and not give you homework for the long weekend. Gary, you got anything else you want to say before we uh, wish these guys adieu and tell them to go start cracking more beer? No, um... 
have a good weekend, and we're going to keep working for you. Yes, sir. Uh, so next week, guys, uh, I believe next week we'll start with our guest episodes. Double check that on our calendar here. Next week, our first guest will be Bryce Benjamin coming on from the Sports for Enthusiasm podcast. Uh, and James Hangel, the Duff's chicken wing man himself. <laughs> one, um, of, one of my good friends, uh, another football guy. James worked with us on, a, on some shows in the past. James was on draft coverage with us last year. I'm excited to have James back. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Bryce, we'll really be discussing the AFC North draft needs, be able to talk about his favorite team and some favorite prospects. James, we still got up in the air. We'll figure out exactly what he wants to talk about. But until next time, guys, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts, and we'll show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.